despair. Well, we are beginning a new series this month entitled Exercising an Attitude of Gratitude. Exercising an Attitude of Gratitude. Now, there are stories that I like to tell, and there are all-time fave stories or favorite stories that I have. And there is one in particular uh, that I have regarding gratitude. It's my all-time favorite gratitude story. There was a woman that was visiting some people who lived on a farm. And she noticed that a pig was limping in the backyard with a wooden leg. She asked the farmer, what happened to the pig? The farmer said, oh, Betsy is a wonderful pig. One night, the house caught fire, and she oinked so loud, she woke us, and we got the fire truck in time to save the house. The woman said, that's really something. The farmer continued, that's not all. One day, my youngest fell in the pond, and Betsy oinked so loud that she got our attention, and we were able to pull out my daughter out of the pond in time. The woman said, That's really amazing, but I still don't understand why the pig has a wooden leg. The farmer said, well, when you have a pig that special, you don't want to eat him all at once. I want to know, how many of you eat ham? All right, so relax. There's some of you acting all like PETA on me right now. Relax, okay? I love ham, by the way. (laughs) There is a powerful quote that I came across by Jerry, uh, John rather, Henry Jowett. And John Henry Jowett says the following concerning gratitude. Gratitude is a vaccine, an antitoxin, and an antiseptic. In other words, gratitude will help our soul remain healthy. Gratitude will keep the diseases that would cause our soul to be hindered or hampered from experiencing the fullness of life that God wants our soul to enjoy. Gratitude will keep our soul healthy. And that is one of the reasons why I want to focus on this theme throughout this month of November of exercising an attitude of gratitude. And of course, Gratitude is a synonym for thanksgiving. Developing the habit of gratitude through giving thanks helps keep our soul healthy and our lives fulfilling the will of God. For Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, he says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you get that? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What he is saying is, the will of God is that you and I live a life of continual thanksgiving. Now, there are two additional biblical passages that I want to look at today. Because these two passages reveal the power connected to the exercise of gratitude through praise and thanksgiving. The first passage is found in Psalm chapter 7, verses 14 through 17. Psalm 7, verses 14 through 17. In the New King James, it reads, Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. 
His trouble shall return upon his own head. And his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. And will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. There is a powerful truth communicated through this biblical passage. And that truth is praise is a neutralizer. Praise is a neutralizer. What do you mean, Pastor? Neutralizer means a force of influence that makes an opposing force ineffective or less effective. A force that, or influence that makes an opposing force ineffective or less effective. Praise is a neutralizer. What the psalmist is saying is that the enemy planned his downfall. The enemy was scheming and setting up a trap to take him down. But he praised God because God is his righteousness. God is his vindication. And how many of you know today that the reason why we can thank God is that he is the one who has promised us that no weapon and formed against us will prosper and every tongue that will rise against us in judgment will be condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and he says, and their vindication is of me. This is the reason, one of the reasons why we give God praise. Because when we praise, God covers us with his presence. When we praise, God manifests himself through his presence in the midst of our praise. And when we praise, no matter what the devil is scheming. We can trust that God will turn the table on the devil. Look at the word of God and throughout you will find that the people of God who decided to give God praise regardless of their circumstance, they experienced God showing up and defending them and shielding them and delivering them. So I'm saying to you today, don't you worry about what your enemy has plotted against your life. Don't be concerned and overworked over what those mockers are saying about you. If you're a child of God, lift your voice and give Him praise. And He Himself will be your defender. He Himself will be your deliverer. And your praise will serve as a neutralizer. It will serve as a force that will make your enemy's plots and ploys ineffective. And God's purpose will be fulfilled in your life. The psalmist is telling us here, That there is power in praise. Praise is a neutralizer. There's a pastor by the name of Charles Green that points out that this passage of Psalm 7, 14-17 contains two truths about praise. The first truth is this. Praise is the answer when wickedness and iniquity come against a believer. Praise is the answer when wickedness and iniquity come against The believer, let me elaborate, temptation to sin and live wickedly will soon disappear in the face of sincere, powerful, and audible praise. This will bring the glorious presence of Jesus, driving out the desire to identify with the sinful act and or thought. 
What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying not only will praise turn the table on those that wickedly scheme to harm you, child of God, but the Bible, as we study it, reveals that evil desires, evil thoughts, evil words, they, they originate in the heart of man. Jesus noted this. Look at the words of James in James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15 in the Passion Translation. It says, when you are tempted, don't ever say God is tempting me. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil. And he is never the source of temptation. Instead, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Watch this. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. So James is revealing that evil desires, they originate in the heart of man. Even though I am a child of God, there are times that I still contend with evil thoughts, with evil desires, with impulses that want to rise up and take over in my life. But here's what I learned. If in those moments I will lift up my voice and give God thanks for what He has done for me and give Him praise, His presence will begin to envelop me and that very presence will begin to empower me and it will hold at bay the evil that would want to manifest itself. It will also slay the evil that would want to rise up in my heart. I'm telling you and I want to encourage you that the next time that sin or Satan knocks at the door of your heart, send Jesus to answer it. You say how? Praise. Because when you praise Jesus shows up. And when sin comes and you give Jesus praise, sin will always cower and lose to the presence and the power of Jesus. I'm telling you the answer for your victory today over sin and Satan is giving God praise. The second truth is praise is an act of the will. Praise is an act of the will. Notice what the psalmist says in Psalm 7, 17. He states I will praise the Lord. You see praise is not merely an exuberance overflowing with words, but a self-induced declaration of thanksgiving, a sacrifice. The praiser chooses to praise. Here's what I've learned. Doesn't matter how low I may feel, I can still will my way to praise God. It doesn't matter how defeated I may feel how overwhelmed I may be by my circumstance. There's no circumstance. There's no feeling. There's no demon. There's no enemy that can stop me from giving God praise if I will to praise Him. That's why the psalmist put it this way in Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord when at all times His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The devil
devil can take my health. The devil can destroy my home. The devil can mess with my stuff. But there's a joy on the inside of me that he didn't give to me and he can't take it away. There's a praise song inside of me that he didn't give to me and he can't take away. And so it doesn't matter how low I may be or how low I may feel. I still can will my way to give God praise when I'm in those high moments or those low moments. I can declare the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. When I find myself overwhelmed by circumstances, I can praise God and say, I praise you because I know that all things work together for those that love you. They work together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose. You see, I want to encourage you today. Get your praise on and neutralize what the tempter is trying to do. Because when you praise, you flip the script and you turn the table on the enemy. Now look at me, with me at the second passage of Scripture that reveals the power connected to the exercise of gratitude to praise and thanksgiving. It's in Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4 in the ESV. Notice what Paul writes here. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead, let there be what? What is it? Thanksgiving. What he's talking about here is gratitude for God's grace. Gratitude for God's grace. There is a powerful truth connected through this, or communicated through this biblical passage, and that is this. Thanksgiving empowers us for right living. Thanksgiving empowers us for right living. I love what Dustin Dallin writes. He writes the following. Thankfulness is diametrically opposed to our sinful inclinations. It is also the only appropriate response of a grateful heart to God's grace. Watch this. Perhaps one of the reasons it is so transformative is because it forces our minds to reflect upon the truth. Gratitude is the choice to remember God, His work, and what He wants for us. Gratitude is the choice to remember God, His work, and what He wants for us. There are urges that want to rise in our hearts. There are modes of communication that are harmful and damaging that we were connected to in our old way of living. But what the scripture is revealing, there is a way to overcome the inclination as well as the compulsion to want to revert to the old way of life that you used to live. But there is a means by which you and I can experience victory over those inclinations. And that is through thanksgiving. Why? Because when you and I, instead of 
of focusing on the wrong urges, instead of focusing on those desires to do wrong, we choose in those moments, I'm going to give God thanks for who He is. I'm going to give God thanks for what He's promised. I'm going to give God thanks for what He's working in my life. What begins to happen, we begin to experience the renewing of our mind. Our perspective begins to change. And the thing that we thought was going to take us down begins to be placed under our dominion because a thanksgiving opens the door for the working of God's grace anew in our lives. In the ESV study Bible, it gives this footnote regarding thanksgiving. It says, thanksgiving, in contrast to crude joking and foolish talk, is the positive way to speak. And it also, notice, counteracts covetousness. The way to avoid coveting others' possessions is to concentrate with thanks upon the good things the Lord has given. Covetousness is the desire for more. It's the desire to have what somebody else has and you don't have. It's an insatiable desire. In other words, it's a desire that will not be satisfied. Because as soon as you acquire one thing, you're going to want another. It's a desire that is never satisfied. But when you and I begin to reflect through thanksgiving what God has done for us, what happens is the desire of frustration and of grumbling and of complaining is replaced with the understanding God has given me everything I truly need. God has been merciful to me. I don't deserve even the least of blessings that I have. But God, in His mercy, in spite of the fact that I was bankrupt spiritually, He has blessed me with everything I need. And you begin to give God thanks for that. What happens is covetousness is put to death. The urge to want to go outside the boundaries that God has set in His Word as as His prescribed will for your life no longer begins to lead you. Instead, you are led in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. When you and I live in thanksgiving, the devil loses his ability to deceive us because when we're thankful, we have the right frame of mind. I am blessed. I don't need more stuff. I have all I need through the one that has saved my life through his grace. A few, a couple years ago, I was battling with oppression and throughout my journey, I have had my bouts with spiritual oppression in my life. And there was this one season in particular when I felt again oppression just come upon my mind and my soul and I couldn't think straight and I was battling to such a degree that I feared failure. And I remember battling these oppressive thoughts and wondering how am I going to break through? I remember being at a certain place, and for that week, I began that week just listening with my earbuds to a worship album. This particular worship album had to do with a a compilation of songs that spoke to the healing work of God in the areas of brokenness in one's life. And they were worship and praise songs that really 
targeted speaking of God's working in our lives and the fruit that is the outcome of yielding to that working and, and of His glorious grace operating in us. And I remember the first day I put my earbuds on and began to take my walk and, and, and I walked for some time and, and all I was hearing was this album and, 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 and that first day all that was happening was I wasn't singing. I didn't know the songs, but all that was happening is I was crying, weeping in His presence, just and I didn't care who looked at me. You know, when, when, when you, whenever anybody had been so messed up, you didn't care who saw the snot coming out of your nose and the tears. You, you, because you're like, I'm going to get this out of me one way or another. And so I remember that first day, I, all I did was just let the music minister. Second day, same thing. But here's what I discovered. By the end of the week, I was no longer feeling the level of oppression that I felt at the beginning of the week. And now I was singing the songs. And now I was experiencing freedom in my soul. And this is what Paul is saying. That you cannot stop. You cannot stop those urges from rising up. You cannot, as long as you and I are in this body, there are going to be certain impulses and and desires that are going to rise up. But the good news is that when we give God thanks and we give Him praise, His presence will manifest itself. And not only, again, will it envelop us, enclose us, embrace us, but that presence will empower us. And the end result will be that those urges and compulsions and desires and fears and anxieties and oppression will be dispelled through the manifestation of His presence. That's why the psalmist said, and pen the words in Psalm 68 1. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. When God's presence shows up, it's like the light being turned on in a room full of cockroaches. All of a sudden, the cockroaches begin to dispel and go out all out of the place because of the fear of the light that is exposing them. The same way when you praise God, his light shines in your soul and it sends scurrying off those things that would try to dominate and control you. And you find yourself renewed in the understanding I am free regardless of the emotion, regardless of the compulsion. It has no rule over me because God has saved me, delivered me, washed me, forgiven me, given me freedom through the blood of Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible tells us to do in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always. And for everything, say everything, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have everything you want? No. Do you have Everything you need. Yes. That's why Peter wrote in Second Peter 1.3 that God has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. When you realize you have what you need and you're thankful for it, the wanting will no longer control you and keep you dissatisfied. And subject to misery. Give God thanks. 
that he's given you everything you have need of. Back in 1988, a Polish railway worker named Jan Grzebski was hit by a train. He lived, but only barely. For the next 19 years, until the year 2007, Grzebski was in a coma. He awoke in 2007 to a whole new world. 19 years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Grzebski noted that back then meat was rationed. And there were huge lines at nearly every gas station. And there was only tea and vinegar in the shops. But 19 years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were more people on the streets with cell phones and there are so many goods in the shops, it makes my head spin. But something puzzled him. In his own words, what amazes me is all these people who walk around with their mobile phones and yet they never stop moaning. These people had freedom and food and wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet, Grzebski woke from his coma to find all they seemed to want to do was grumble. This teaches us an important truth. If you don't get into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful because of what you don't have. I want to encourage you today. Count your blessings. Don't discount them. If you haven't noticed throughout this service, we have been called to think, to ponder, to reflect on God's mercy, His goodness, His redeeming, rescuing work in our lives. From the song performed by the girls of Reckless Love to Heidi's song on rescue, these songs remind us how God has been gracious and merciful with us. Why? Because when our minds reflect on that reality, we're transformed. Instead of being bitter, instead of being frustrated, instead of being disappointed, we're in awe that God in His mercy has blessed us. Not because we deserve it, but in spite of our undeservedness. As I wrap up this message, let me call our attention to a quote and one more Bible passage. The quote is from Victor Frankl, a concentration camp survivor. He said this, Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. I've often said that you and I can choose what attitude we're going to live out daily. We can either choose a beat-up attitude that says the whole world is against me. Or we can choose an upbeat attitude that, like Paul declares, all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Now I want to encourage you for the next days of this month of November. Begin your day or end your day giving God thanks for at least one thing. Now, we are in November the 3rd, right? 
So I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you three reasons to give God thanks. Out of this biblical passage in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. Giving thanks to the Father who has what? Qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has what? Delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have what? Redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. So, day number one, what do I give God thanks for? I thank Him for being my qualifier. I've heard it said that God does not call the qualified, but He does qualify the called. You and I don't qualify to be part of God's family. We don't qualify to be recipients of His blessings. No, we are not saved because of what we've done. We are saved because of what Jesus did. And the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ for what He did, you become a recipient of God's righteousness, of His mercy, of His goodness, and you are placed in His family as His son and daughter. He qualifies us. He's my qualifier. So thank Him that He's your qualifier. Thank Him that He's your deliverer. He's your rescuer. Is there anybody like me that you can identify with the song that we heard on rescue? There was a dark night of your soul in which you found yourself feeling, there's no way in heaven's name that I'm going to be able to get out of this mess. There's no way that I'm going to be able to break this habit. There's no way that I'm going to be free from I'm telling you, it's songs like that that I go back to because I know I've been there. I've been at a point of dealing with depression to the point that you feel there's no way I'm going to live another day. There's no way I'm going to make it through another week. But God proved Himself faithful. God delivered. And there's some of you today that can identify with me and say, Pastor, I was bound by anxiety. I was bound by fear. I was depressed and could not find my way out of the maze of of confusion in which I found myself. But today, I'm a living testimony that God God is a rescuer. God does deliver. God does hear your cry when you're in the pit and there is no pit too deep that His arm cannot reach you. And then, day number three, you can thank Him because He's your Redeemer. He's your Redeemer. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. In Psalm 107, in verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let me tell you something. I was a slave to Satan. I was bound by the father of lies, Satan. But one day, Jesus showed up, and He paid the ransom price for my soul. And now, when He paid for my my soul. He took me off the auction block and said, nobody else will ever buy you. Nobody else will ever use you. Nobody else will ever abuse you. You are mine. But once I stepped off the auction block, he says, no longer do I call you a slave. I call you a friend. I call you my son. I call you my daughter. You are valued. You are mine. I've redeemed you. So you can thank him today that he qualifies you. But I know, I know, I know, I know. I know there's a devil that comes and says, and who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Y'all need to know your pastor has to deal with this at times. The devil will come and say, oh, you think you're all that? Let 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 me show you what I got on you right here. Remember that? Ah, and when he starts doing that, you know what I tell him? Devil, Go talk to my attorney. 
His name is Jesus Christ. Go talk to my advocate. I ain't going to talk to you. I ain't going to mess with you and have a fruitless discussion because I don't have to answer to you anymore. You have no strings on me. You have nothing that you have connected to me. We are not family anymore. Jesus took me out of your house of bondage. I am free. Go talk to Jesus, the one whose blood speaks better things than that of Abel. His blood says I'm forgiven. His blood says I am free. His blood says I'm sanctified. His blood says I'm a child of God. His blood says I am more than a conqueror today. And so today you're saying, Pastor, what can I thank God for? He qualifies you. He delivers. And He's redeemed you. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You today that in You we have everything we have need of. And I thank you for your reckless love. Mm. When I found myself bankrupt, when I found myself unable to change me, when I found myself unable to untangle me of the enslavement of harmful, hurtful habits. I cried to the Lord Most High. I cried out to You and You delivered me. You rescued me. Today I've been reminded of those moments that are undeniable. Where this son of yours found himself crying, will I ever be free? Will I ever be free? And when I was at my lowest, you reached down. You picked me up. You called me yours. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that today I can look back and see those that in the darkest night you did hear my cry of SOS. I need, I was in an emergency. My cry, my call of distress, you heard me. I'm here today as a testimony. That your ear is attentive to the cry of the weary. Your eyes are watching. To see who you can show yourself strong to. Your hand ready to reach out and deliver. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up here. And I want them to line up because I feel today somebody needs to be rescued here today. Somebody needs to be delivered here today. 
I want to tell you what I've often said here. This front area we call the altar. This is a no shame zone. When you come up here, you are not going to be shamed. You're not going to be blamed. We're going to agree with you. We're going to pray with you because we know that our God can wash away the shame. Our God can deliver from pain. We know it. I know it. And I'm saying to you today, you don't have to be under that burden. You've been oppressed long enough. You've been weighed down long enough. And I can tell you as a fellow traveler, I feel your pain. I know that pain. But I also know the freedom that God gives. And that's what I'm offering for you to experience a day through God. Because He's ready. He's ready to deliver you. Some of you right now, you need to be lifted. You've been down. You've been weighed down. You've been burdened. You've been overwhelmed. And your soul has been overworked because you've been trying to figure, how do I get this off of me? Today I want to invite you to do what the Word says. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. If I've just described what you're dealing with, I want you to make your way forward right now and let us pray with you. God wants to bring freedom to you right now. God wants to bring freedom to you right now. This is your moment. There's some of you as well in your mind. You have been battling with fear. You've been battling with anxiety. Come. I want to pray with you today. There's an anointing here for deliverance. There's an anointing here for freedom. I want you to experience it today. Come. There's no shame here. Come. You've been trying to figure your way out. But instead you find yourself under a cloud of confusion. That the enemy is using as an oppressive force on your mind. And truth be told, you're tired. Your mind is weary. And you say, Pastor, can I have peace? Yes, you can. Come. Come. This is your moment. This is your moment. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting. There's others of you. You need to be up here. This is your moment. I'm telling you. The water is being stirred. What do you mean, Pastor? The presence of God is at work. And this is your opportunity to experience His working in a powerful way, in a supernatural way. And you want that. You come. Amen. Father, thank you. I need rescue today. Come. I need God to help me today. Come. 